Amen. Psalms 37, 4 and 5. This is our scripture we've been saying every Sunday. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he will give you the desires, secret petitions of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Roll and repose each care of your load on him. Trust, lean on, rely on, and be confident also in him, and he will bring it to pass. And I think the big thing is bringing things to pass as far as your dreams or your hopes. Uh, You need to be patient. And the good news is you have patience inside of you. A lot of times we just rely upon our own will. And anytime you rely upon your own will, you're going to be frustrated. But if we rely upon the patience of God that is inside of us, we can be patient. Amen. I, this is uh, talking about the right place. I started last week about uh, talking about our heart. So this is, I felt like I didn't finish it, so we're just going to do part two today. I talked about, if you weren't here last Sunday, about uh, how frustrated I was about my vision. I have a vision board and how God just really has been teaching me about my heart, about things in my heart, and how my heart is not, you know, we just look at our physical body and we just think everything is proportionate spiritually as it is to our natural realm. And the Lord showed me that if you could open up a door and step into the spiritual realm and see your heart, your heart would be the size of the ocean. And so knowing that, sometimes we try to fulfill our life by putting things in our heart that we think would fill it. Well, you could drop off three or four mansions. You could drop off a hundred different cars, you could drop off all of the things that you could think into the ocean, and would that even put a dent in the ocean? It would not. There's only one thing that can fulfill the ocean or fulfill your heart, and that is God. God is the only thing that can fulfill that. And uh, in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20, it says this, that My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them, health to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Uh, The Living Bible says, above all else, guard your affections, for they influence everything in your life. So whatever we are putting in our heart, that affects everything in our life. And like I said last Sunday, uh, God is not, he does not have one problem with you having stuff. He wants you to have stuff. He just doesn't want the stuff to be put inside the heart because that stuff can never fill the heart. So you keep the stuff outside of the heart, and the only thing that you keep in the heart is God. And I know you may say, does that, can I follow along with that? Does that make sense? Does that make sense to you? That God doesn't have a problem with the stuff. He just doesn't want all the stuff you putting it in the heart trying to fulfill your life with stuff, with anything. Because that will affect you. Whatever you put in your heart is going to affect every area of your life. It will affect every area of your life. And if you say that, well, I just don't feel like I have anything to even put in my heart. I don't have anything, Pastor, so I don't even put, I don't put my dreams in my heart. I don't put my hopes in my heart. I don't put anything about anything in my heart. 
Well, you're going to just be frustrated all your life because things that God has promised are never going to be coming to pass. But the good news is if you realize that grace is inside your heart, inside of you, and you need to put that grace inside your heart, what does that mean? That means this, that there's things that you and I cannot do. You may say, I can't fulfill my hopes. I can't. You say, I believe that God... You have given me grace, and so I'm going to put that grace inside my heart so I can walk in love with my fellow man, with my spouse. (laughs) That's a biggie. So I can walk in love toward them. So I can believe God for finances. If we're just believing God with our head and believing, I'm just believing God for I'm going to prosper. The Bible says this, that you're going to prosper as your soul prospers. So you have to make sure that your soul is prospering. And the number one way to do that is to put the things that God has said into your heart. And your heart will affect every area of your life. Your finances, your health. You put health inside your heart. You may be hurting in your body, but you put health. I believe. Talking about the heart is that there's been many times in my life, I'm sure there's been many times in your life where you're just frustrated with life. You're just frustrated. And um, living a life of frustration can hinder many things in your life that God has given us. I'm going to say again. Frustration can hinder the things that God has already given to you. And a lot of times we're praying for God to give them to us, but he says, I've already given them to you. But frustration can hinder those things from being manifested in your life. The favor of God. It's, it's all in us, wrapped around us. You're soaked in the favor of God. But, and I'm going to prove to you that frustration can hinder the favor of God upon your life. The fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5, and 23. The peace, the joy, the love, the kindness, the faithfulness. All of that can be hindered by your frustration. The promotion you've been believing God for. It can be hindered from frustration. Frustration is a typical result when a desired goal is not seen or accomplished. You thought this would happen by this time, and it didn't. What is the result? You get frustrated. And frustration is usually the result of looking at something negative instead of looking at something positive. It may not have happened when you thought it should, but you just lay it upon God and say, I'm going to be patient because I'm going to believe God that this will come to pass. It will. Well, I know frustrations can come from having more people to see, more meetings to attend, more decisions to make, more places to go to be at than you have time for, more work, more chores to do, assignments than you have time for. And so what happens is instead of just saying, no, I can't do that, no, I don't have time for that, we just start getting frustrated. Jesus knew this. This is one of the last things he said before he left this earth. In John 16, 33, the Amplified Version says this. God said, Jesus said, I told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence. He wants us to have perfect peace, and he wants you and I to have confidence in this life. He says, in the world, you're going to have tribulation. You're going to have trials. You're going to have distress, and you're going to have frustration. But I'm glad he didn't stop there and just say, yep, you're going to have it. Good luck. Hope you have a good time. No, he said, but be of good cheer 
Take courage, be confident, certain, undaunted. For I've overcome the world. I've overcome those frustrations. I've overcome those tribulations. I've overcome those trials that you're going to be facing. He said, I've overcome them for you. So, I've overcome the world. I've deprived it of its power to harm you. And I've conquered it for you. But if you don't believe that about Jesus, then you will deal with the frustration. You will deal with the trials. You will deal with the distress. So when you're at that point, you need to say, I'm facing this. First of all, you just got to recognize it. So many times, I don't know about you, but I don't recognize the frustration. I'm just frustrated. Moses had this problem. Moses had the favor of God upon him. But listen to me. His frustration cost him. It cost him. God had Moses to speak to the rock. You remember when he took all the children of Israel out of Egypt, was taking them to the promised land? He said they didn't have any. He, they came to a place where there was no water. The people were frustrated. Moses was frustrated. The people were complaining to Moses. You're their leader. You're our leader, and you brought us to a place of trouble. We had it better off in Egypt, which that is a big, fat, liar, liar, pants on fire. I mean, there were no... They were slaves, mistreated, abused, and beaten, and he, they were saying they had it better. And so God, Moses just got frustrated. Moses told God, I want you to speak to the rock. He hit the rock. Not once, but twice. He hit it. And so that cost the favor of God upon his life. He didn't get to go into the promised land. Now, we're living under an age of grace, so all the promises are yes and amen. But my point is that frustration can hinder favor upon your life. Just because you're looking to the wrong thing. You're looking to, he, Moses was looking to his own strength, and he expected the people to do something that they were not doing. Like, let's just have a good day today without complaining. You got millions of people, you're going to have people complaining. Even if everything's perfect, people are going to find something to complain about. And he wanted the people to say, you know what? You all just need to chill out. You're just being frustrated with me. And so Moses just turned that around. And he took out his anger and frustration upon something that God told him to do. But he didn't do it with the right motive, with the right attitude. So frustration can only hide for so long if you don't deal with it. I'll say that again. Frustration can only hide so long if you don't deal with it, and then it will express itself. It'll express itself. This is the problem. Moses should have been speaking to the rock instead of showing frustration to the people before even this happened. He should have been communicating with the rock. You know, this people, Lord, they're, they're really getting to be underneath my skin. I'm just having a hard time. Do you think God could have told him something to help him ease that frustration? Do you think God can tell you something that would ease your frustration? Do you think that all the frustration that you've been going with, I mean, you know... You talk to accountants when it's tax time. I mean, they're just so frustrated and frustration. I truly believe no, no matter what your job is trying to bend you, shape you, break you, that we can take it before God and he can help you through it. No matter what the problem is. But if we don't do that, frustration is going to hinder you. It's going to hinder you. We should be venting to God 
instead of our family, instead of our boss. We should be venting to God because he can take it. Uh, frustration comes when we grasp disappointment. Frustration is hiding inside all of us. It is. It's screaming out. I thought my situation would be better by now than what it is. You know, you hear younger people, I thought I would be married by now. I thought I would have a, a good boyfriend or a good girlfriend by now. I thought I would uh, be better off financially by now. I thought I would be, uh, my spouse would be treating me better by now. <laughs> I thought my job would be paying me better. I thought I would be making more money by now. And the list goes on and on and on. And so if you're just looking to that, you know, we need to trust God. You take it before him. You take the, your frustrations before God. Moses was a good man. He was God's man. He was chosen man by God. He just expected more from the people than what the people were going to give him. And people have not changed in thousands of years. If you're looking to people to live up to your standard, if you're looking to people to meet your need or to treat you a certain way, honey, you're going to be frustrated. You will. We get frustrated when people don't uh, do what we expect them to do. And then, if you've ever been on a job, I remember when I was working at FedEx, a guy got promoted who I thought it should have been me, but it was him. You know, some people, it's funny how Christians, they love, uh, you know, wanting mercy every morning. They want mercy and God's mercy and his forgiveness every morning. Don't all Christians, we believe that. We speak that over our life. Thank you for your mercies are new and every morning. But then we look at people that did something to us or did something and got promoted. We think that, you know, God's judgment should come upon them like it did in the old covenant. We want to revert back to the old covenant instead of saying that we're under a new covenant. Maybe I'm talking to the wrong crowd. But anyway, there's some people who think that. Although knowing this, 2 Corinthians 5, 19, this is a scripture that really radically changed my life a few years ago. It says this, that for God was in Christ. He was reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. We love that when it's talking about us. But that's talking about the person who did you wrong. No longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. We're supposed to say that and teach that to people that, hey, did you know God loves you? Uh, yeah, I know that. Well, let me t teach you one other thing. Your sins are forgiven. Even though you don't know it, your sins have already been paid for and they're forgiven. Now, for you to get the benefit of that, you need to accept Jesus your Lord and believe that. Does that make sense? You need to believe upon Jesus that he did that for you and me. He did that for every person on this planet. Every person on this planet, their sins are forgiven. God's not counting their sins against them. But they have to believe upon the one who paid for those sins. So we get frustrated when we think God should judge people, when we know they did us wrong, and never mind that, you know, we believe that uh, God, thank you for forgiving me and that your mercies are new every morning. I didn't give this scripture, but in Psalms 103, it says, he's not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. 
Aren't you thankful that God doesn't deal with you according to your sin? Well, prayer can help us with our frustration, talking to God. But there's another thing. In Romans 8, 26, 27, it says this, Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes an intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. What does that mean? You don't know how to pray. Sometimes I don't know how to pray about my frustration. You know, it's not proper to say, Lord, can you just wipe them out and take them off the earth? You know, that's not really a good prayer. I'm kidding. So what does this mean? What should you do? Praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in tongues, praying in the Spirit. When you don't know, when your weakness, you don't know how to deal with it. You don't know how to deal with your frustration. And God says, I got you covered. I know how to pray for your frustration. I know how to pray for your frustration. So instead of just getting frustrated and and just venting all over everybody, you can do this. You can do that. And I have found out that, you know, when I'm frustrated with my wife, I know she's perfect. But when I see some flaw and we have butt heads and, and I get frustrated with her and strife happens and we and you think it's, it's just no big deal. But the problem is James 3.16 says, for where envying and strife is, there's confusion and every evil work, you know? And so the devil wants you to just act and respond to that. He wants you to respond to that. And so instead of just having strife, living a life of strife is what some people think it's okay. Living a life of strife. Day in, day out, maybe every week, maybe way too often. It's just strife is in your home. I'm just telling you, you need to deal with that. That's not, that's not normal. And it opens up confusion and other things in your life that you don't want. So just go before God and say, you know what, God? I've been frustrated and I've just let strife into my life. And I'm just going to believe for the grace of God to say no to that. You can do that. Not in your own strength, but in the strength that God has given you. Ephesians 4, 29 says this, Never let ugly or hateful words come from your mouth, but instead let your words become beautiful gifts that encourage others. Do this by speaking words of grace to help them. The Holy Spirit of God has sealed you in Christ Jesus until you experience your full salvation. So never grieve the Spirit of God or take for granted His only influence in your life. So this is what he's saying. There's the Holy Ghost is inside of you. He wants to influence you into your life so that you can say sweet words when you really want to say something else. The Holy Ghost can do that. He said, but instead be kind and affectionate toward one another. Has God graciously forgiven you? Then graciously forgive one another in the depths of Christ's love. You and I, when we just look to our own self, you're not, you're, you can't do it. I can't do that. I can't do that. But this is why we have to rely and trust God. Say, God, and if you're struggling this, if this has been something that, you know, you just thought was part of life and you just accept it, well, now you know. No. 
No, it's not good for you to be living a life of frustration. It's not good for you just to be living uh, in strife. Man, let's, let's put a, let's nip this in the bud. Is that, is that how you say that? Okay, nip it in the bud. Okay. Let's just get a hold of this and say, you know what? If it's been your wife, if it's been your kids, whoever is, if it's been with your boss, you know, go to him and say, you know, I've, I've just been yielding to this. And, you know, don't get all spooky spiritual on your boss, especially if he's not a believer. He's just going to go, yeah, whatever. But, uh, you know, but you can take care of this by taking it to God, praying in the Holy Ghost and saying, God, I've let frustration rob me of favor. I've let frustration just rob me of all the promises. You've given me the promises. God never takes the promises away. They are in you forever throughout eternity. All the promises are yes and amen. So they're not, they're not taken away by God. Now, a lot of people think, oh, God took it away because of me being frustrated because of that. No, he didn't. I said, no, he didn't. But you're not letting it manifest because of your frustration. You're doing that. It's not even the devil. Everybody says, oh, the devil's doing this. No, it's just your mouth. It's just your frustration. You're the one hindering it. The devil can't stop the promises of God. I said, the devil can't stop the promises of God. I said, the devil cannot stop the promises of God over your life. Don't believe that lie. So you are in charge. You can stop the frustration. You can. Now, frustrations are going to come. Jesus said they're going to come. But we have to look to him. Amen? Let's stand. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm going to pray for you this morning. Father, I just pray for all of us. We've all been dealing with frustrations. All of us. The problem is we just yield to it and just it comes up and we get frustrated again. Something else comes up, we get frustrated again. So today, Father, I just come before you and I pray for each and every one of us. I believe that you would remind us that this is not just something that life is all about. Life is about just living daily in frustrations, weekly in frustrations. Are there frustrations here on this planet? Jesus said you'll have them. But he didn't say you need to, need to live with them. He said be of good cheer. You know, Father, I don't see people who are frustrated being of good cheer. But you have said that we can be of good cheer in the midst of our trial, in the midst of our distress, in the midst of our frustration, we can be of good cheer because of Jesus pray that you would remind us of this the next frustration that comes it may be within the next hour it may be on the drive home I pray that you would remind us that we can be of good cheer because Jesus has conquered everything in life for us he's given us patience he's given us the grace of God to say kind words he's given us the grace to say kind words when the majority of the time we've responded with ugliness. But we have the ability, the grace of God in us to respond in kindness. And it just dissolves the frustration. It dissolves the, the ugly atmosphere. 
The love of God never fails, never fails, never fades out or becomes obsolete or comes to an end. I thank you for helping us, God, especially in this day in America and around the world, all of the ugliness that's rising up every day of our lives. We have the love of God within us. Instead of yielding to, to the frustration, we can yield to the love of God. Thank you for reminding us, helping us to see that in Jesus' name. Amen.